Ketubot Tafnun Hayat. The last thing we were discussing was the reason why a Bat Yisrael who's engaged to a Kohen doesn't eat until she's actually married. According to Ula, she might give a cup of grape juice to her little brother. According to Rav Shmuel Bar Yehuda, maybe Mishum Simpon, he might change his mind, he might not like her, he might find something wrong with her. And we talked about the Nafkamina between Ula and Rav Shmuel Bar Yehuda. And with that, we're starting Nun Het Amud Alif, four lines in by the two dots, where it says Rabbi Tarfon. Rabbi Tarfon Omenotnin Laha Kol Teruma. If time came for them to get married and he's not ready, Rabbi Tafon says since he has to pay for the food, he can give her all teruma if he wants. And Rabbi Akiva says it has to be half cholin, half teruma. And Amar Abaye, mahloket bebat kohen le kohen. This mahlok between Rabbi Tafon and Rabbi Akiva, that's if it's a kohen marrying a kohen. Aval bebat Yisrael le kohen, but if it's a bat Yisrael marrying a kohen, everyone agrees it's half, half, half cholin, half teruma. Ve'amar Abaye machloket barusan. Abaye said, also the machloket here is if they're engaged. Aval v'nesua, once they're married, divreha kol, according to everyone, mechza cholin, mechza tenuma, has to be half-half. Just in case there's days where she's tamed, she has to eat cholin. You can't feed her teruma if she's tamed, that's hayav karet. The idea is, if you give her all teruma, let's say she becomes tamed, well, now she has to go out there and sell some teruma in order to, to, to be able to buy cholin and be able to eat. And that's not kavot to have a woman go out and, and sell food, to buy food. Like Rashi says, kol penima, the kavod of a bat melech is to be inside. We don't want her outside. You know, when she's engaged, she could have her brother go out and sell for her. You, you could have her father go out and sell for her. But when she's married, she's by her husband's house, there. you have to give her half-half. And Tanya Namiachi, we even have a bright tale like that. Rabbi Tafon Omer, Notnin la hakol teruma. You give an arusa all teruma. Rabbi Akiva Omer, Mechza Cholin, Mechza Teruma. You have to give her half half for her Tamedes and for her Tahordes. Bamed Varim Amorim, what are we talking about? That's Bebat Kohen the Kohen. Aval, Bat Israel le Kohen. But if it's Bat Israel the Kohen, you have to give her Mechza Cholin, Mechza Teruma, half half. And again, Bamed Varim Amorim is Barusa. Again, with a Kohenet or an Arusa, she could always have someone else take care of her. Either she could give it to a sibling who's tahor, or a sibling can sell it for her. If she's married, we don't want her uh, walking outside to the store, starting to sell things. Therefore, it's half-half. We give her two-thirds teruma, one-third hulin. We give her the entire thing teruma. And she could sell it and she could just get hulin for that price. Meaning you have to give her enough teruma that if she sells it, She'll have enough leftover money to buy hulin. Remember, teruma is is less expensive than hulin because less people can eat it. So, and Rabban Shimon ben Gamliel Omer, kol makom shuskerat teruma notin lakiflaim bechulin. Wherever we said the word teruma, we give her double in hulin. Now, Lichora, Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon said the same thing. So, my benayu, what's the difference between them? Stigma explains ika benayu tirha. The difference would be is the hard work. According to Rabbi Yehuda. She, you know, she has to go out to the store, start selling people in the marketplace. So she's still stuck with the hard work. Rabban Shimon and Gamliel, on the other hand, he holds you. You have to pay her for that. In what way? You have to give her enough teruma that she'll be able to use all that and buy holin. Remember, you want to make it cheap enough that people that Kohanim will actually buy it from her. So then you have to give her enough. 
Uh, so this way she could uh, use that money and buy chulim. Next, we learned in the Mishnah, Hayabam enoma achil bitruma. If a lady fell in front of the Yabam, the Yabam is a Kohen, she was only engaged to the brother, he does not give her teruma. So my Tama, what's the reason? It says, Kinyan kaspo amar hamana. The Pasuk says, if a Kohen buys something with his money, then that uh, whatever he bought eats teruma. And here, the Shomert Yabam, really, his brother bought her. He's the one who did the Kiddushin. And since he died, well, I'm not Hayav in my brother's problem. Once they actually did a Yibum, okay, then he has to feed her like his wife. Next case in the Mishnah, She she got engaged, six months uh, she was engaged with uh, Reuven. Reuven dies, now she falls into the Yabam Shimon, and she waited six months under him. And we said no matter what the case, unless she's fully 12 months under the person who's actually Mekadesher, then she doesn't eat Teruma yet. And the Gemara asks the obvious question, If she has all year missing one day under the actual husband, you said she doesn't get to eat Teruma. If under the Yabam, do you even have to bring up this question? Of course she doesn't eat Teruma. So the Gemara explains, no, it's just a way of talking. It's Zov and Sarich Lomar Zokatane. It's this, the husband, and you don't even have to say the, the, the Yabam case. Uh, of course we understand it. Now, the Mishnah said, Zo Mishnah Rishon, that's the first Betin, they said uh, that the girl can eat. But the second Betin, after that said, the girl can't eat until there's actually a Chupa. My Tama, what's the reason? And we went through this. Amar Olav, Itemar of Shumab Yehuda. Olav said, and some say it was Rav Yehuda, Mishum Simvon, because they might uh, back out of the marriage. He might see something he doesn't like and uh, change his uh, mind. And then it's not a marriage, and whatever she ate, Teruma, that's Karet, uh, retroactively, we don't want to deal with that. Now, Bishlam Ola, I understand according to Ola Kamaita, the, the, the first round, the first Hachamim, they didn't want her to eat until she get, get, uh, until she actually got married, is because Shemim Zegula Kos Bebet is because they might give her a cup of uh, grape juice by her father, she might give it to her brother, and it's Teruma, not allowed. Ubat Raita, and the second round is Mishum Simfon, is because he might uh, look at her and not like something on her body and change his mind. Because of the simpon, kamaita the first round of hachamim is mishum simpon is because the guy might change his mind because he might not like something on her body. Ubatraita mishum simpon also the second time round is also because we're worried that he might change his mind and my benayu. Then what's the difference? So the gemara explains ikabenayu bedikat chutz. The difference between them, according to Rabbi Shmuel by Yehuda, would be checking the outer part of her body, meaning the, the, the not-covered parts. More savar, according to the Mishnah Rishonah, the first group of Betin, bedikat chutz shema bedikat, checking her on the outside is good enough, and if she looks good on the outside, her face is good, her hands are good, her feet are good, that's good enough to give her teruma, you don't have to worry about the uh, simpon afterwards. Umor savar, in the second Mishnah, the second group of Betin, bedikat chutz lo shema bedikat, the checking her outside is not good enough. It's not called checking. You have to check uh, under the covered parts. You have to check uh, the, the parts that she usually has covered. And then you'll be able to say, okay, then well, the marriage will go and that marriage won't go. And that's why they said that you can't eat teruma until there's an actual chuppah. And, and right before the chuppah, he has his relatives check her entire body. Next Mishnah. Hamakdish ishto. If a person said, whatever my wife is supposed to bring in every month, so let's say she's supposed to bring in five selaim a month, 
And he said, whatever she makes, her salary is hikdesh. The hikdesh does not uh, take into effect. And she can continue working and feed herself, and she, that's not a problem. Hamotar, if he said, whatever is left over from what she's supposed to bring in, Rabbi Meir Omer Hikdesh, Rabbi Yohanan Asandlar Omer Hulin. Rabbi Meir says, well, it's considered Hikdesh. Really, that five salaim that she's supposed to bring in, that's what she eats with. Anything extra, she's not going to eat more than that per month. So anything more than that really belongs to the husband, and the husband has the right to, to be Makdish. Rabbi Yohanan Asandlar Omer, no, it's Hulin. It's not Hikdesh. And the Gemara will go into it. So now, the Gemara starts. Amarav Huna Amarav. Yechola Isha Loma Lebala. A woman can tell her husband, any Nizanat Veni Osa. I'm not eating from uh, from you anymore. I don't want your mezonot anymore, and I'm not uh, working from uh, for you anymore. I'm not working and giving you my salary. Now, kasavar Ravuna Amarav holds kitakinu rabanan mezone aikar. When Hachamim said that the husband has to feed the wife, that was the main point of the takana. The only reason the husband gets whatever money she makes. That's just, they don't get fight. There's no fighting. Meaning, the, uh, we don't want a situation where the husband says, "Well, I'm sitting there feeding you. You're making all this money, and I'm not getting any of it." We don't want that uh, situation to happen. So therefore, we said, "Okay, whatever she makes, uh, we'll go to the husband." But the real point of the takana was that the husband should feed his wife. Therefore, vechi amra enini zonet veni If she says, "I don't want to eat from your money, and, and I'm not g- giving you any of my salary," I should be that. It's her permission, and the husband can't stop this. Stigma has a question. Metiva, we learned in a break that it said, Tiknu mezonot tahat maaseya deha. Hachamim metaken, that the husband feeds the wife mezonot. Why? Because she gives him whatever she makes. And it sounds like from here that the main point was uh, her giving him whatever she makes, therefore he feeds her. The Gemara explains, no, you have to explain it as follows, that whatever she makes goes to the husband because he feeds her. And the Shita, he clarifies, don't flip the Braita, just understand it differently. So now, Rav Hunahu said that a woman can say, I don't want you to feed me and I'm not giving you what I make. Let's say the following Mishnah helps him. It says, If a person is whatever his wife makes, she could continue working and eating. Now, my love, Ben aren't we talking about a situation where she's being fed by her husband, still he cannot be Makadish, whatever she makes, because she always has the option of saying, I don't want you to feed me. I'm not giving you what I make. It's a perfect proof to Ravuna Amarav. The command says, look, it could be talking about it, where he's not feeding her. Let's say he doesn't have enough money to give her food. And therefore, he, he doesn't have the ability to be makdish what she makes. If you're not feeding her, you're not in control of what she makes. If she's not being fed by him, then what's the hidush of here? Obviously, he can't be makdish what she makes because he has no control over it. Because we all know there's the case where a man has to feed his abadim. But even in a case, even according to the rabbi who holds that that the master can tell the, the slave, you have to work over here and I'm not feeding you. Go figure out yourself. That's what doesn't say he has to be good with you over here. It says he has to be good with you. Look, you can't do that. The Choshek and Ishtun, all the more so, your wife, you have to feed her. So if you're not feeding her, all the more so, you can't be a Makdish what she makes. 
So the Gemara explains, really, the, from the Resha, there's no Hidush. It's the Sefait Srikhalei. You need the second part of that Mishnah, that if a person's Makdish, the Motar, the leftover, Rabbi Meir Omer Hekdesh, because she doesn't even need to eat anymore, now it says, and Rabbi Yohanan said, no, Omer, it's Hulin, it's Hulin, you didn't do anything, and therefore, you, are, you cannot be Makdishit. And you could say, when our Mishnah said that if she's not getting any food from the husband, the, the Sefa gives you the big Hidush, that even though we're talking about the extras, still she could be Magdish, that we could say it's according to Rabbi Meir. You just know, by the way, Rav Huna Amar Rav, who said that whatever she makes is in her possession, and a woman has the right to say, I don't want your food, and, and, and I'm not giving you what I make, that goes against Resh Lakish. Resh Lakish holds that really whatever she makes really goes to the husband. It's the husband's choice to pick what he wants. Does he want to feed her and take what she makes or does he want to let her go on her own? It's really up to the husband. Do not explain that Rabbi Meir's reason that, that a person can be Makdish whatever a wife makes, the, the leftovers. Because he holds that a person can be makdish something that's not in the world yet. That's not the reason. What's the Rabbi Meir's reason here? Since he can force her that everything that she's making is coming to him, it's as if he said, Your hands are mukdash, they are holy, they're sanctified to whoever created them, meaning whatever you do, it goes to Hashem. And since her hands are in the world right now, okay, then the hikdesh can happen. But the Gemara has a problem. But the husband didn't say those words. He didn't say, He just said, whatever you made is hikdesh. So the Gemara explains, No. We have a known statement from Rabbi Meir that a person doesn't say words for no reason. There's no free words by Rabbi Meir. Everything a person said, he meant it. So over here also, when he said uh, that whatever you make will be hekdesh, what he really meant, it's like as if he told her, your hands are kadosh to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and whatever you make goes to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it's hekdesh. So now the Gemara takes a step back and asks the question, does Rabbi Meir really hold the person's not Makdish, something that's not in the world yet? We have a known If a man tells a woman, you are sanctified unto me after I become Jewish. After you become Jewish. After I or you become free from being slaved. After your husband died, after your sister died, after your Yabam does Halitza, Rabbi Meir Omer Mekudeshet. Rabbi Meir says she's Mekudeshet retroactively. And you see that a person's Makdish something that's not here right now. The Gemara says, Meahi in. You're right. Over there is a clear proof a person's Makdish something. What Reshlakish was just trying to say was that from this sugya that a person's Makdish, his wife's uh, uh, earnings, there's no proof to Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Meir, you want to bring a proof that he's Makdish something? It's from uh, over there. It's from a person's Makdish, a woman uh, before she's even Jewish. But from this sugya, there's no proof.
Next, we learned in the Mishnah, Hamotar, the leftovers, Rabbi Meir Omer Hekdesh. So for persons that are the leftovers of whatever my wife made, so let's say it's five selaim, anything after five selaim, that six selah is Hekdesh. Rabbi Meir says it's Hekdesh. So the Gemara has a question. Emat Kadosh. At what point does this become Hekdesh? Ravu Shmuel They both say, Motar Leharmita. All the leftovers after death, Kadosh. That's when they become Kadosh. Meaning when he inherits it, becomes him, then it becomes Kadosh based on his uh, previous Hekdesh. Motar Mehaim Kadosh. The leftovers, even while he's alive, is Kadosh. Why? Since the leftovers go to the husband, he has the option of being Makadishit. And the Have Papa Papa just didn't understand this whole thing. He asked the question, Bemai, what are we talking about? If we're talking about a person who's doing his obligation of the Ktuba, he's feeding her, he's giving her money. Then my Then why is it that after death it's kadosh? Really, he he's doing whatever he's supposed to be doing. Therefore, everything goes to him, and it should be kadosh from now while he's alive. Let's say he's not feeding her and he's not giving her that extra money to eat from. So what's the reason of the rabbi who holds that when he's alive it's kadosh? He was never zochent. If he's never feeding her, he's not doing his obligation. It's her money. It's not his. So, Rafa explained, we're obviously talking about He's feeding her, but he's not giving her any of the extra stuff. So she can't buy any jewelry, dress, any of that stuff. She can't buy anything. So we're talking about that type of situation. So Rav Shmuel Savre, they both thought, Hachamim or Metaken that she gets mezonot and therefore she gives him whatever she makes, whatever she earns. Umara kesef and that ma'a kesef for the extra stuff, tahat motar, and for all the extra money she makes. So let's say she makes six lime a month and she's only, so five she eats with and she makes six. So that ma'a kesef that he gives her is for that extra sela. And since he's not giving her that so she could go buy herself shoes, therefore, the leftover that belongs to her. So, okay, if he's feeding her, then that first five silahim that she makes from her salary goes to him. Everything after that goes to him. And that's why Rav and Shmuel hold that that leftover money can only become Kadosh after death, after she passes away. He argues, he said, no, that the reason she eats is because of all the leftovers. So let's say she's supposed to bring in uh, five selaim a month. So the food that she gets to eat is because anything uh, after five selaim from her salary, so six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, that, uh, that comes to the husband, therefore she gets to eat. And that that he gives her is for the first five selaim that she makes, for the base of her salary. And since he gives her food, then the motar, the leftover of what she makes is also his. And therefore, it's kadosh while she uh, while she's still alive. And we'll stop right here. Baruch Hashem le'olam. Amen ve'amen.